Welcome back to the Green Insider Podcast, episode 129. I am Mike Niemer, co-founder and CEO of eRenewable. As you all know, we have taken the month of June off, and now we are back. The first thing I need to say to all of you is thank you. This month celebrates our two-year anniversary of our show. So a special thanks goes out to all our guests, listeners, and production staff for making this possible. Now that our listener base has grown over the last two years, we are going to replay three of our more popular episodes from the earlier days of our show over the next couple weeks. On this episode, we'll be playing parts of one of our earlier episodes with Philip Gonski with Burns Engineering, talking about carbon neutrality, subsidies, battery storage, and much more. Before we get to Philip, just a brief message about eRenewable from my wife and co-founder, Ann Niemer. Ann Niemer here, COO of eRenewable. If you are a wind, solar, or battery storage developer, and you're looking to find an off-taker, our online live auction is a perfect platform to help you find that buyer. Conversely, if you're a CNI customer and you're looking to establish a PPA or VPPA, our auction platform could work for you. To learn more about how we can assist you with your power purchase agreement, visit us at eRenewable.com. And now, back to the Green Insider. At the end of the podcast, please stay tuned for the big announcement. And now, here's Mr. Philip Gonski. When I first started that at that time, I think the ITC wasn't renewed or wasn't in place. So I think we did see like a dramatic decline in people looking at solar and, uh, and wind power especially. But, you know, I was looking at some articles the other day just saying how like drastically the, the cost of solar has went down. And a lot of that is, is due to things like the investment tax credit, but a lot of it is also due to just cheaper manufacturing. And a lot of those, uh, the solar panel manufacturing has gone gone overseas or, you know, there's a little bit in the U.S., but due to competition from all these projects now going on, the price has just gone way down. On the solar panel side, the technology has dramatically increased. And I don't remember the exact number. It was like between 2016 and, and today, the, the, you know, the cost of solar is pretty much halved. And that's a good combination of the, the efficiency getting better and, you know, just economies of scale because there's been a lot more projects and a lot of it is really driven by you know states like you have new jersey that has a very favorable uh policy towards solar with their with their SREC market and that's really spurned a lot of uh development solar panels were five years ago unless you had significant subsidies or incentives from the utility but the price just wasn't there or now, like with, with the way the pricing has just gone down and down and down, we're just seeing a lot more requests, especially uh, in terms of battery storage, because five years ago, there was really no activity in the, in the battery storage. There, there may have been a few here and there, and maybe they weren't very cost effective, but the cost of batteries has just gone way down, even in just, you know, there's projects I looked at three years ago, <clears throat> and we look at again. And it's just really just dramatic and how, how quickly the cost has come down. We're now almost every project we look at that involves solar and other types of microgrids, we look at battery storage. I think the primary driver was, you know, probably two or three years ago when, you know, due to some technological advances and, and really just kind of scale the manufacturing from even overseas projects that the cost went way down. <clears throat> and then when you couple that with, a lot of utilities have 
are basically, you know, the charge people based on how much you consume, like your peak demand in a month, having a battery can really help. And especially when you look at a lot of states like New York, where you had uh, what was called the Brooklyn Queens uh, demand management program and other like what we call non-wires alternatives, where a lot of utilities, instead of just, you know, upgrading that substation or building a new power plant, a lot of utilities were mandated to look at, you know, non-wires alternatives. And, and really at that point, we saw a big movement towards things like batteries where, you know, if you're a utility and you you have the dilemma of you need to upgrade the substation, it's going to cost a billion, $2 million. Maybe you plop in a battery, help take care of that two hours, you know, during the day where you're above your rating and then save the ratepayers some money. So a lot of that has come from the state level in terms of fostering and not really just approving whatever the utility says they need to do, but having these non-wire alternative plans, especially in New York. And, you know, there's just been so much development all because the utility commissions are looking at more creative ways to, you know, not just do the routine, let's just throw another, you know, one billion or two billion dollars to solve a problem that only exists for two or three hours. Oh, definitely too. And the other like big thing that has spurned development and, and really fostered development for solar and especially battery storage has been advancing and uh, like even metering. Because you look at, you know, 10 years ago, all the utilities were measuring was, you know, just how many KWHs are you consuming? And then what is your peak in that month? Where now you have just tons of data to know exactly when that peak occurs. So instead of always planning for the absolute worst case event, which is what utilities have historically done, now they're able to look at all the data they have from everyone's meter in their house or and you know all these different commercial industrial customers and say, instead of building this billion dollar power plant, let's just spend a little bit of money because we're only there's only two, three hours of the day where we have issues. So it's really also been huge advances in metering and analysis. And, uh, you know, like a lot of my work has been at the, the Philly Navy Yard here. And we, we put in smart meters about, you know, roughly at that same time frame, like five years ago. And now when a, when a customer comes and say they want to put in a commercial building or a pharmaceutical company, we're able to go through all the load profiles and kind of graph out like what, what, what exactly the impact is going to be. Because otherwise, you know, six years ago, all you do is add up the worst case scenarios and then you come up with a massively oversized system that isn't cost effective. Or now you can create a really customized solution using solar and <clears throat> generators and, and uh, especially storage. A lot of larger customers, they do energy planning. So, you know, the Philly Navy Yard did an energy master plan and they've actually held up pretty well if you go back and look at it and that a lot of what they're doing now is really kind of following that plan. So we see the larger customers doing the plans like universities or kind of large industrial customers. But a lot of organizations, you know, just don't have the capital or the time to really invest into you know, paying somebody really to go look all through and come up with a comprehensive plan. So it really depends on the the customer and, you know, really what their financial capacity is to really look at it.
a lot of people just kind of make decisions based on the now and not really the future. Thank you, Philip. To hear more from his original podcast, please go to our website, eRenewable.com, click the Green Insider tab, find Episode 7 to hear more great information from him. And now for my big announcement. I'm pleased to announce that this is our first show from the Gal Media Studios in Houston, home of ESPN 97.5 and SportsMap Radio. And with the new studio, we now have a new host, Mr. Greg Frank. Greg, welcome to the team. Thanks a lot, Mike. It's good to be aboard, and I'm looking forward to working with you and learning a little bit more about the space all in one. I know we have some fun guests that we'll be recording with that'll help me teach as well, and or teach me, I should say. And I think the totality of picking your brain, picking their brain, and just doing a little something different can never hurt. So looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to uh, working with you. Like I said early on, we got a few guests that we've had previously a couple years ago to celebrate this anniversary. Once we get through that, we'll be in full swings of all new content for our listeners, and hopefully it can be as educational as the first two years have been with them, and hopefully you enjoy the show. Happy to be along for the ride. Thanks a lot for having me. Everybody have a great day. Thank you.